Hey fam, it's Lexi here to welcome you to the You Can Through Christ podcast. I am so honored and excited you're here. I pray these words give you the confidence to know you can do all things through Him. He is for you, loves you, and made you for an exact purpose for this life and the one to come. Stay tuned to find out. Prayer is the most important conversation you are ever going to have. So how do we pray consistently and fervently? And why do we pray? Relationship. Just like you talk to your best friend, your spouse, your family, God desires this relationship. Prayer is not meant to manipulate God, but it grants us access to God's power. God has his will. God has his plan. But prayer gives us access to this with him in relationship. Prayer aligns our heart with God's will, as Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We cannot make God do anything, but prayer shows our dependence on God. Some may argue prayer doesn't work, but I say it is impossible to come into the presence of Jesus, our holy good God, and not have your heart or attitude changed, whether you consciously realize it or not. So to claim that prayer does not work is impossible. So when are we to pray? James 5, 13 through 15 says, If in trouble, pray. If you're happy, sing praises. If you are sick, have the church elders pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the person well. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says to pray without ceasing. So we are to pray about everything all the time. So does this mean that we can never talk to people other than God? Of course not. God desires us for community. However, we should set aside times to pray and maybe even have a room to practice understanding we are in the presence of God, but also in those in-between times like showering, washing your hands, driving, since we have the privilege that God is everywhere with us. How amazing is it that we have a father we can literally talk to at any time because of what Jesus has done and because he's given us the Holy Spirit. People in the Bible before Jesus came probably longed to know what it would be like to have God living inside of them and not having to go to a temple and that we can talk to him anywhere. Please don't take this for granted as it is truly the best gift we could ever ask for, helping us to truly have intimacy with God. So I've heard a lie going around that God only cares about big things or that we can only pray about big things and not little details in our lives. We can pray literally about anything and talk to God just like you would your best friend. He cares about everything, all the details of your life. He is so personal. Seriously, if you get in the word, you will realize what a great sense of humor God has and that he cares. He already knows everything about you, so you can feel comfortable to share anything with him because he knows. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador and changed. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We are to keep on praying for one another, not only ourselves. Be alert and pray for others, pray we are fearless and bold for Jesus like Paul was. 1 Peter 4 7 says the end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Even though no one knows when the end will be other than God, we know each day that passes makes it even closer, which is so exciting. 
But what are we supposed to do about it now? The Bible says to pray. Colossians 4, 2 also says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Prayer should be something we are devoted to daily and with it, being watchful and thankful. Being alert and watchful means being on the lookout for danger. Never paranoid as we know God is protecting us and never desires for us to be anxious, but aware in order to pray as our defense, as our head coach calls us to do for success. With prayer also comes listening to God. That's what a relationship is, talking and also listening. Even if we do not hear an audible voice from God, what does his presence and this voice sound like then? There's an example in the story of Elijah I look at when thinking about God's response to our prayers. 1 Kings 19, 9-12 says, And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. Oh, come on, Israelites, every time. All right. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God is searching for you and desires to talk to you too. Elijah ran out of fear as his very life was being threatened. But God came to him as a gentle whisper in the midst of the chaos. God continues to talk to us in this still small voice through the Holy Spirit in the chaos that goes in, on in our day-to-day -day lives. Psalm 29, 3-4 says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Psalm 29, 7-8 says, The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. Yet, Job 26, 14 continues to say, How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who can understand the thunder of his power? In the quiet is where God is the loudest. God's voice can still thunder and it can be gentle. We can't place God in a box and he will speak to us in whatever way he wants and whatever it takes to get our attention. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he has made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. It is crazy to think we are in the last days, even though we do not know how long these days will be until, until Jesus comes back. However, God's main message to humanity is through Christ. God can use others to speak to you. In the past, he used the prophets, as said in Matthew 26, 56. This has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Jesus was crucified just as the prophets predicted centuries before. Today, in the last days, he speaks to every human being through the miracle of Jesus. If lies ever creep in that make you doubt God's love for you, or if you hear voices making you feel as if you do not have purpose and that you're hopeless, if you look to the cross, the message will always be the same, telling you otherwise. 
God cares about your life more than you do and desires to talk and have this relationship with you through prayer. He will talk to you in whatever ways that will best benefit your relationship. In Acts 13.4, the Holy Spirit led them to Cyprus. And even in Acts 16.6-7, it's fascinating how the Holy Spirit kept Paul and his companions from going to Asia. And when they tried to enter Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. The Holy Spirit is living in us too, the same ones that guided Paul and will guide us when we ask in prayer. Deuteronomy 4.7 says, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord God is near to us whenever we pray to him? God is right next to you when you pray. You don't have to change your voice or act different. He already knows everything about us. We should feel relaxed to talk to him. Matthew 6, 6 through 8 tells us, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then in Luke 18, 1 through 7, and Luke 11, 5 through 8, um, Jesus gives an example of why we are to pray with persistence and to never give up. There was a widow that kept on bugging a judge for justice, even though this judge, who did not fear God or care what people thought, even though the judge was not just in his ways, he granted her request from her persistence and she wouldn't leave him alone. Will God not bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Another example Jesus gives is a friend who knocks on another friend's door at midnight for bread. Even if the friend doesn't want to get up and get him the bread because it is the middle of the night, even though the friend will not help you out of their heart and your friendship, the friend will still do it out of your audacity, Jesus says, the fact that you even asked, and especially that late. Jesus explains how persistence in prayer is important. And if the unfair judge even granted the request and the friend who did not care about the man enough out of love to give him the bread, and did it have obligation, how much more will our loving Father in heaven listen to our request? Matthew 7, 7 through 11, and Luke 11, 9 through 13 says, Ask, and it will be given. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is waiting for you to ask for help. Ask, knock, and search. Jesus explains, if even us as humans know how to feed and care for our kids, how much more will our perfect Father in heaven grant us what he best desires for us? Romans 8.32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If God was willing to give up his only son for you, how can you think he will not be here for you every minute of your life with any request you have? Even though you may feel weak and scared of life, God is the master at life and he is protecting you. Hebrews 1.14 says he even created angels as ministering spirits to serve everyone who inherits salvation. Literally, part of the angel's job is to minister you. John 
23 through 24 says, Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. John 15, 7 also says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, If two or more agree, it will be done for where two or more are gathered in his name, God is with them. So when we make requests in Jesus' name, letting his words remain in us and making requests based on his words, he hears. God already knows what is on your heart, so you should ask whatever your deepest, truest desires and dreams are. Then trust God does answer prayer and will accomplish what he feels is best and what is best for you. I think what gets tough about these verses is we know prayer is not a magic trick. Let's be real for a second. And to be honest, even if it was a wish we just received right away, it would not be for our benefit if it isn't what God desires. There has been so many times, guys, I have prayed for something in my life, and because I am imperfect, I am so grateful God didn't answer it the way I asked. I can trust God will answer as my heart and thoughts align with His, not the other way around. Prayer is powerful in a way I believe we as people can't comprehend which is where faith comes in. God commands us to pray and we are to obey even if we don't see the whole picture of the puzzle until we get to heaven. James 4, 1 through 3 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And Psalm 66, 17 through 18 also says, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart and the, the Lord would not have listened. I really need a heart check sometimes when praying, hoping that I'm asking for or like what I'm asking for is with the right intentions and not evil that sometimes come out of my worldly desires. In my own experience, when I pray before a big exam, a game, a hard conversation, things always go better. Let me emphasize, they do not go the way I necessarily plan or want. However, it does go the best way since it's always God's way. Mark 11, 22 through 24 says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Proverbs 10, 24 says, what the righteous desire will be granted. And then 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. When we pray, God wants us to be confident. We may waver in confidence of our situation, thinking there is simply no way it can work out, but he wants our faith and confidence in him even when we are weak. If what we ask for is in accordance with his will, he hears us and will grant it. If it is not with his with his will, we will be happy he did not grant it. Hear me out. My heart understands, but my mind doesn't. I'm not saying I'm good at this by any means. It all comes down to trust in the very one who holds my soul and life in his hands because our life is not our own. We may think 
we are not trusting enough or that we don't have enough faith. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And get this, the fact that you are coming to God in prayer is showing where your faith lies. The fact that you go to God in prayer shows you have already won the battle. The enemy will try to tell you God isn't listening because your faith isn't there. Well, let me tell you, we all waver time and time again. I want to emphasize the very fact that you are going to God in prayer. I fully believe is proof you have faith of a mustard seed to say the least. God may be answering prayers and working in ways that you don't even see yet. Job 9.5 says he moves mountains without them knowing it. And James chapter 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So, are you like me a lot of the times and confused, lacking direction, um, wondering what life is about, what your exact purpose is, or what the next move should be in your life? How about something as simple as what I should make for dinner? I think a lot of us have this issue as adults now. Um, when should I work out? When should I spend time with family, friends, or others? What career should I choose? Will I play well at my game? Which vacation should I go on? How can I lose weight? How many kids should I have? God cares, you guys, about every single detail about your life and has the answer and keys to every single part. God is the most generous being and he desires to share his wisdom. All you have to do is ask. He wants you to ask with confidence in him. Prayer sometimes seems way more complicated than it needs to be. It is simply a conversation with God. Sometimes if we do not know what to pray what to pray for, something as simply as telling the Lord and saying, I, there's been times I've just been like, God, please lead the way. God, I love you. God, please help. Thank you or forgive me. Those are all powerful in and of themselves. Honestly, there's been more times than once in my life, my prayer has been, God, I don't know what to pray or say to you right now, but hey, that's a prayer in and of itself too. Um, confession. I used to be afraid to pray in groups. I cared more about what others heard me say than focusing on me talking to God. Ironically, I prayed about this individually, funny I know, and eventually was able to only focus on God during prayers to be more genuine no matter who was around. I understand some people um, who may have never prayed before need some guidance because once you are comfortable, you can just talk to God about anything. Your prayers are valuable and priceless to God. Revelation 5, 8 through 10 says, Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of God's people. Um, real quick, I'll finish the rest of this verse, but uh, for those who don't know, Revelation is the foretelling of what is to come. And this is part of the foretelling is it's saying that there's going to be this golden bowl and that the prayers of all God's people are in this bowl. And then the next part of the verse, I'm going to verse nine, it says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. You may be wondering where to start in your prayer life. You might be like, Lex, this is all great information, but okay, where do I start? 
a good place to begin is to ask for forgiveness of sins and just confessing that we are sinners. We should pray with thanksgiving and for others. Pray for guidance and for the desires of your heart. Pray with confidence and end saying the good Lord's will be done. I never liked to pray this when I finished because I wanted my own will to be done. I figured out God's will is always better than mine. Finally, always listen for his response. It is there. Deuteronomy 30, 20 says, And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Philippians 1, 3-5 says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Guys, praying for others is so important. Praying in thankfulness for others is where genuine love begins, begins to form for those individuals. Prayer is also more effective than positive thinking. Positive thinking will only get you so far. Prayer is aligning ourselves with God, the creator of the universe's power. 1 Samuel 12, 23-25 says, as, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you, and I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. David goes as far as calling it a sin to fail to pray for others. Praying for others is so important, still emphasizing that, as you have no idea what people you love are going through that they don't even talk about. Even those closest to you guys, we're, we're all going through stuff, and sometimes even the people we are just so intimate with, sometimes there are just things that only God knows about them that they're struggling with. That's why we got to pray for each other. We have no idea how powerful our prayers are and how God can use them to lift someone else up. When God answers prayers, he not only cares about this, how the situation will affect you, but others. God thinks about every tiny detail we do not even realize is happening under the surface. In Philippians 2.27, Paul says, says this about how God saved Epaphroditus. It says, Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. So, I don't know about you, but when people I love so much are struggling, I want to take away the pain and I want to help them. Um, and I know I, I can't, but I know God can. So if you want to help your struggling family, friends, patients, and others in anything that they're struggling with, help comes from prayer. Romans 15.30 says, join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. When we pray for others, it diminishes anger and disputing, building up our relationships and teamwork with others. Always pray first, act second. If you pray for it, I guarantee God is working on it. I can tell you there is no better feeling than when someone is praying for you and praying with you. Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Joyful in hope. We are not joyful because of what we are going through, but the hope God can produce through it. Staying faithful in prayer means to remain consistent, even if the length and attitude of your prayers vary like I know mine do. God knows you're going to waver, but through the wavering, he wants you to remain faithful. 
2 Samuel 7, 27 through 29, and 1 Chronicles 17, 25 through 26 says, So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised the good things to your servant, these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight for you. Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Prayer takes courage because when we pray, we are admitting that we can't do it on our own. And we are in th thanking God for what you cannot provide for yourself. He is trustworthy and promises good to his servants when we pray. God will listen when you seek him. James 5, 17 through 18 says, Elijah was human like us. And when he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, it didn't. And when he prayed for the heavens to give rain, it did. I want to emphasize, I know if God had answered every prayer since I was little, my life would be pretty messed up. Even if the answer is not what you want, he will answer your prayer and what is best for you when you trust him in deliverance. More examples of where God answers prayer is in 2 Kings 13.4, which reads, Then Jehoaz, Jehoaz sought the Lord's favor, and the Lord listened to him. In 1 Chronicles 5.20, it reads, God delivered the Hagrites and all their allies in, into their hands because they cried out to him during battle. He answered their prayers because they trusted in him. In 2 Kings 7, 17-20, Elisha prays to God to open eyes and to blind his enemies, and God grants his request. Also in 1 Kings 17, 21-22, in 1 Kings 17, 23-24, Elijah prayed for a boy's life to be returned to him, and God granted his request. In Isaiah 38, 4-8, 2 Chronicles 32-24, and 2 Kings 25, it tells the story of how God hears Hezekiah's prayer and sees his tears, bringing healing and adding to his life as he was so ill he almost died and giving deliverance from the king of Assyria. Regardless of how your life and situation is going, the Lord is listening and he is working. 2 Chronicles 7, 13-14 says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God warns if we do not carefully follow the Bible and do not revere his awesome and glorious name, there will be consequences. Psalm 53, 4-5 continues to say, They never call on God, but there they are, overwhelmed with dread. And then Proverbs 15, 29 says, God hears the prayers of the righteous, and the prayers of the upright pleases him. However, his face is against those who do evil. Zechariah 7, 13 continues to say, God says he called... God says he called and they did not listen. So when they called, he says, I did not listen. And then last reference, Job 35, 12 through 14 also says, he does not answer when people cry out because of the arrogance of the wicked. Indeed, God does not listen to their empty plea. How much less then will he listen when you say that you do not see him? The most dangerous thing, so to sum up all these verses, the most dangerous thing anyone can do is to simply just not come to God, to act like he does not exist and as, and as if he is not completely and obviously seen in all creation. The beautiful thing is God always welcomes you back with open arms if you remember the story of the prodigal son. 
The key is though, you got to run back. If anyone ignores his instruction, God says their prayers are detestable in 28.9, Proverbs 28.9. God is always ready to pick you right back up. The key is reaching out and taking his hand instead of trying to do it on your own. That's all he asks is that we come to him. Psalm 5.3 says, in the morning, he hears our voices as we ask our requests and wait expectantly. And Psalm 17.6 says, God will answer when we call. First Chronicles 23.30 says, morning and night, we are to thank and praise God. Before we start our day, we should lay all our requests for him who hears us and wait expectantly. God loves when we wait expectantly because it shows we trust him in faith, which is worth more to gold, more than gold to him. We know we never wait in vain because he is near to all who call on him, fulfilling the desires of all who fear him. Psalm 145, 18 through 20 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. Daniel 9, 18 says, We do not make requests because we think we are worthy, but because we know he is full of mercy. He will save us and watches over all of us who love him. He fulfills the desires of all who fear him. Anyone can tell you this does not mean you get whatever you pray for. I want to keep emphasizing that. But God sees the heart and desire behind what you're asking for, and the desire will be fulfilled even if we don't get specifically what we ask for. God told Daniel not to be afraid since he has set his mind to gain understanding and humbled him before the Lord. God heard his words. God does the same for Manasseh when he humbles himself. Amos called on our sovereign Lord to forgive Jacob as he is so small he wouldn't survive his judgment by fire as it dried up the great deep and devoured the land and the Lord listened in Amos 7, 2 through 6. God hears us when we humble ourselves before him and if we are coming to him, chances are you have humbled yourself. Otherwise, you would not approach God in the first place thinking you can do life on your own. When you ask of wisdom, God will set your mind to get understanding. Let's be real now at how frustrating it can be when you have been persistent in prayer, praying with confidence and trusting God, yet nothing seems to be happening or changing. Guys, I've been there. Habakkuk had a similar situation. Thanks for hanging out with us. For more, go to youcanthroughchrist.com. You are loved.